What's up, folks? Welcome to another episode, another edition of Matt Sports House. I am your host, Matthew Anderson. Y'all know I'm excited. College football season here is right around the corner. You can almost hear the bands playing. Like, we, we just know, like, it's almost here. Uh, but until it's here, we're going to talk about NFL preseason football, which I'm excited about as well, because we're getting to see a lot of the future faces of the NFL kind of get their NFL debuts. I am going to kind of go off a little bit here and at the beginning talk about some HBCU football and then on the, at the very end talk about some South Carolina football. Even we're going to do a little bit of high school. We're going to have a segment this year about high school football to keep everybody up to date on what's kind of going on locally in South Carolina high school football. So, But uh, without further ado, welcome to my sports house. Open up the champagne. Pop. It's my house. Come on. Okay, yeah, so like I was saying, for that HBCU kind of update, ESPN is doing something a little bit different this year. And like what we would call week zero of college football, which is week one is where you got Clemson versus, uh, no, Clemson versus Georgia, Miami versus Alabama. That's all Labor Day weekend. But on Saturday, August 28th, 2021, at Center Park Stadium, Atlanta, Georgia, which I'm pretty sure Georgia State Stadium, you got North, the North Carolina Central Eagles versus the Alcorn State Braves, HBCU showdown. The bands are going to be out there. I'm hoping there'll be a lot of tailgating. I'm not 100% sure. If they are allowing everybody at the hookah lounges, then I think they would allow everybody to tailgate. We'll see what happens. It's going to be at 7 o'clock on ESPN, so it won't even be too hot out there. Hashtag building on a legacy. Like I said, this is the HBCU kickoff. Make sure... If you cannot go to the game, that you watch it. Because if you watch it, the ratings will go up. Advertisers will buy more dollars. And then ESPN, with the guys in the ratings office, will be, will be like, hmm, this game made us a lot of money. And it was something a little bit different. Because they're always looking for something a little bit different or creative. Let's get these guys on TV a little bit more. That helps for exposure. And that also helps guys hopefully get more opportunities to play on TV. If guys can play on TV, they'll consider going to HBCU schools. It works for the black community. So just make sure if you can't go to the game in Atlanta, I understand it's COVID, a lot of other stuff going on. At least watch the game. I don't care if you watch the whole game, watch the quarter. So that's what's going on. It's the Miak Swag Challenge brought to you by Cricket uh, and brought to you kind of by the undefeated as well. Definitely going to be excited to see some great talent from the HBCU teams. But we're going to go to the NFL preseason football, though, where you had Justin Fields, the former Ohio State Buckeye, that was picked by the Chicago Bears. I forgot exactly what draft pick he was. But anyway, there's been a lot of hype going on about him. Uh, a lot of people been saying he's been doing really well in training camp. I think the city, yeah, the city of Chicago is kind of hoping that he can push Andy Dalton out the way for a starting job. I don't think that'll happen week one, but I think he'll be the starter. And he's definitely the future of the Chicago Bears. Anyway, he got the win. He led the Bears to the win over the, the Dolphins and Miami Dolphins, the final score of 20 to 13. Justin kind of got off to a rough start. It was a couple of false starts when he first got in between him and the offensive line. They couldn't get that together. It was like a couple of three and outs, and I was kind of wondering. And you saw Twitter kind of on the same thing, like, yo, what, what's going on here? We, this was, we thought this was going to be the new face of the franchise. But 
he and I'm going 14 for 20 in the air for 142 yards and one passing touchdown. So that's about 70% passing, 33 yards on the ground, a rushing touchdown. So, and he just got to show everybody that he can still do what he did at Ohio State as far as getting outside the pocket. I mean, he can throw it from in the pocket, but getting outside, moving around and just being like a, like almost like a double threat or a triple threat, however you want to say it. So great to see that the city of Chicago is definitely excited for him. Did not realize that how big of a market Chicago is after when it comes to ratings, like at ESPN, Chicago's right there behind New York City and Cal California, but I'm pretty sure they mean LA exclusively. But yeah, so it's big for Chicago. A lot of fans out there. Because as a matter of fact, I think he's almost already at like a million followers. And it was not that high when he was at Ohio State. I mean, it was high in the six digits, but not like uh not like on nearing a million there. So super excited for Justin. Hoping that he eventually takes the role as the starting quarterback here sooner than later. As soon as he does, going to get that player t-shirt. Because I don't know if I'm ever going to get to wear it. Deshaun Watson one again. But that's another story for a different day. Don't want to get into that. <laughs> We're going to move forward there to Zach Wilson, the New York Jets. Uh, their first-round draft pick at quarterback. Well, first of all, the Jets won 12-7. Big win over the Giants. Got to see some South Carolina talent in this game. TJ Brunson had the force fumble. He's the linebacker, a teammate from Richmond Northeast High School. Had a, I think he got injured at the end of the game. So you definitely need to check that out. And also Vincent Smith, the Westwood wide receiver who went to Limestone. He he's I'm pretty sure he's a starter out there this year. And I think he's like his third third year in the NFL, if I'm not mistaken. But he also had a really nice, he was he's a gunner on the punt team and he had a save. It was crazy. It was great to watch. Just type his name on Twitter. You'll see what I'm talking about. But back to Zach Wilson, he played like two series. Uh, in the game, you know, and not gonna play him forever, especially since he's most like no, he is the starter week one, so he cannot get hurt like that. That can't happen. He's the future of that franchise. Hopefully, he can get them steering in the right direction. No major red flags from what I saw. His throwing motion, if you ever get the chance, like watch some highlights, his throwing motion is a little bit different, but it generates a ton of power. So, the ball kind of comes out like a slingshot, if you will, and he just makes everything look effortless. I think a lot of people were wondering, like, okay. We saw what he could do at BYU in the year where their schedule was kind of trash, but it's going to be so different when he gets to the NFL. And it will be, and he'll have some time, some growing pains. But it looks like he was confident and comfortable in the system. And that's as much you could ask for for right now. He made a really great point. I was listening to one of his interviews, and he was saying, because a lot of people were looking at his training camp, and a lot of people were looking at him in training camp. I guess viewers that people that are out there, scouts and stuff like that. And they were saying, Oh, I don't know. He's throwing some interceptions and stuff, but he made the point to say, you kind of try this stuff out in practice and figure out what you can and cannot get away with. So I thought that was a really good point. Like I said, Zach Wilson looks comfortable. He's the talent out of BYU last year. I remember, I remember when I first mentioned him, I think it was like week two or three of college football season last year. I was like, Oh, Zach Wilson, Matt, the way cares about BYU. I'm like, y'all just stay with me, stay with me. And you end up seeing who he became. So it'll be interesting to see who emerges like that this year. Um, definitely got to check on that TJ Brunson thing. Like I said, I think he got hurt, but hopefully he'll be all right. Get some more playing time this year for the New York Giants. We're going to keep moving to another number one pick in the draft, Trevor Lawrence. He didn't play that much versus in the Jaguars loss to the Browns. So Twitter exploded with this one throw that he made. I didn't think it was, and I wish this is not, clearly it's not a visual podcast, so I can't show it to you. Just go on YouTube and type it in. Like Everybody was talking about it, but I thought that the pass was a better catch by the wide receiver than the throw. 
if you ask me, it's going to be a rebuild in Jacksonville for sure. So don't expect anything too crazy. But I keep saying, if there is somebody up for that job, it's going to be Urban Meyer to get that job done. So uh, definitely look out for Jacksonville in four years. Don't worry about anything this season. It's not happening. Another first-round draft pick from the San Francisco 49ers, Trey Lance, another QB takeover guy. Love it. Well, I guess I say love it, but they lost the final score, 19-16 to the Kansas City Chiefs. But Trey Lance said on social media on fire with the 80-yard bomb pass that he had that he threw, got everybody excited, like, "Uh uh-oh, San Francisco, this is what you have to look forward to. Now, besides that pass, though, he hit some throws, but it, I've gotten to feel that he wasn't able to really get in the rhythm. First of all, he had a lot of receivers just dropping passes. There's like three drops very early on. It's like, y'all, it helped him get into this rhythm so we can see what Trey Lance can do, especially in like an NFL game, because it's one thing to be able to dominate the college level, but you need as much momentum as possible in the league to get this thing going. There's also sacked four times in the first half. And so with all that going on around you, you kind of, you're not in that same rhythm as you would be if, if things were clicking on all cylinders. So, and with that non, how do I want to say this? And with him not being probably quite as comfortable because of those different things of adversity, you saw a lot of throws that he probably usually would make. He didn't complete. Maybe it was a little bit outside, a little bit too much inside and stuff like that. But I think when he gets in the rhythm, he'll be a great quarterback in the league. And if things go as planned, people were talking and saying that maybe he was going to take the starting job from Jimmy G right away. Even some players on that team are speaking very highly of him, but I think that they'll go ahead and let Jimmy G start the season off. It can't hurt. And then at some point, maybe turn the organization over to Trey Lance. So something to watch there. The reports have been that Jimmy G has been playing really well since uh, since Trey Lance got there. And, you know, competition generally brings out the best out of everybody. So definitely a situation to watch there, but the ADR bomb looked great. Trey Lance is another one who can, who can absolutely let it rip, and that's why he was so good at, at North Dakota State. Same score as Carson Wentz, too. Shout out Carson Wentz to Indianapolis whenever he gets off injury. When he gets, I think they say, as a matter of fact, I didn't even have this in the notes, but he was. I think they say he's already back to walking after having that foot injury, so they're hoping that he'll be ready for week one. But we'll talk about that a little bit later. We're going to go to the Denver Broncos. First of all, Patrick Sertain the second. The cornerback out of Alabama. Seems like for his whole entire career, just how we kind of did the whole AJ Green, Julio Jones thing when they first came out. That's what it's going to be with JC Horn and Patrick Sertain. Patrick Sertain, though, that had the quarterback for the what team are they playing? The Vikings through that out route late inside. So I wish God, I need to make this thing on YouTube. As he was break, as the receiver was breaking to the outside, the quarterback threw the ball just a hair too late. Patrick Sertain caught it, took it back to the house, a pick six. And you can tell, like, the Denver, the people in Denver are kind of like, okay, this is going to be our guy. It's going to be our short, our shutdown quarter. They, they had Champ Bailey for so long. They've been looking for a guy like that. And so it's great to see Patrick Sertain, especially as a rookie, to get that confidence kind of going, not just in practice, but in game time as well. Drew Locke, five for seven, the quarterback for the Denver Broncos, five for seven, 151 yards, two touchdowns in the win. 30, the final score was 33 to six over the Vikings. On one of those deep passes, Drew Locke threw. I swear to you, he threw that ball from his own 10-yard his own line, and it must have hit his receiver on the opposite side of the field on the 30-yard line. So that must be like, what, 70 yards in the air, and it was perfectly in stride. I think it's his starting job. I, I don't think that um, our guy Teddy Bridgewater is going to win that from him. I'm, I'm, I'm a Bridgewater fan. 
but I think that's Drew Locke's job. Uh, and once again, competition has brought out the best of him. He's just got to be able to take care of the football, you know, just win the game, be like that quarterback, and be consistent with, you know, consistency is key in everything. But we're going to keep moving to this Colts organization. As I mentioned before, Carson Wentz went down. And, man, when I looked online and saw they said Sam Ellinger from Texas was, was combat. I think they said he was taking first-team reps. I was like, oh, my goodness, because, yo, they tried to kill Sam Ellinger. Oh man, he isn't the guy, and he he's a he's a running back playing like they were just talking crazy about him. But I saw he was working out at QB Country. I, I, they they move around so much; it's hard to figure out where their like location is, like their home their home location. But he just put the work in in this game. He led them to a comeback win. He went ten for fifteen, passing for one hundred fifty five yards, overcame the interception, and then uh, he had five rushes for thirty five yards. And this was the comeback win for them over the Carolina Panthers. So that's big for him. Like and I keep speaking on confidence because quarterbacking is so much about confidence and momentum. If you kind of get that going, everything starts clicking. If it's not, it goes, it goes bad really quickly. But uh, now on the flip side of that, you got the Panthers. P.J. Walker, the quarterback for the Panthers, the backup, because they think uh, Sam Darnold's going to be the guy. This man, Sam, now P.J. Walker, now he went 10 for 21 for 161 yards and one touchdown. So he completed a little bit less than half his passes, but he's exciting to watch. He's mobile. Then he can throw the ball and he kind of, and it's very explosive whenever he comes out of his hand. So he's just an exciting guy to watch. Everybody's wondering right now. Uh, and, I, and I keep saying everybody, I'm usually trying to talk about the Twitter world. Sometimes the analysts, sometimes the fans, I kind of like to mix it up a little bit. But the question was, is he going to challenge Sam Darnold for the role? I think that is Sam Darnold's role to lose, but hey, you never know what could happen. Now for the defense, yeah, we're going to go to the defense and we'll come back to offense. For the defense side of the ball, J.C. Horn. Now here's been the thing. So we've been seeing a lot of the interceptions that he's been catching in practices, but when Matt Rule was asked about him, he said J.C. is grabbing and holding way too much. I love J.C.'s tenacity, but he's got to master his craft along the way, and he knows that the ball finds him. He certainly finds a way to the ball. There's no doubt about the things he can do. Like any player, you see the good things, you've got to focus on the bad things. He's a young player, and he's going to get better and better. And so we all knew from watching J.C. at South Carolina, he's a physical corner. But I guess, oh, yeah, I know exactly why Matt Rule saying that. Because, see, in the NFL, that is a spot foul. So if it's a 40-yard thing, and he's tugging on the guy, then even if the ball is incomplete or whatnot, they get the flat. That's a 40-yard. It might as well be like a completion at that point. So, yeah, so J.C. still developing. I think the ceiling is, like, super high for J.C., but it'll be interesting to see how that develops. But back to the offensive side of the ball, you got to see Terrace Marshall from LSU, second-round pick. He had three catches in this game for 88 yards. I keep saying this. I feel like I'm going to be saying this to the end of the time. That LSU team was so stacked that year when they won the national championship about two years ago, the team with Joe Burrow. Think about it. Joe Burrow, first-round pick. What Was he the first? I think he was the first pick in the draft. Clyde Edwards-Hilaire, first-round running back, who killed it in Kansas City. Justin Jefferson, the most running, uh, receiving yards from receiver ever in NFL history as a rookie. Jamar Chase, first-round pick. Terrace Marshall is was the second-round. He was the – I'm not going to say the worst receiver. That sounds really bad. But out of that starting unit between Justin and Jamar, he was like the third option. And look at what he's doing in the preseason so far in his first game, 88 yards. So that's major. Um, and then on the defensive side of the ball for that LSU team, you had Patrick Queen, who was all over the field. Win the Ravens game that and the Ravens win this past weekend. 
And so, and the Grant Dell pick, Stingley, who will probably be a first-round pick coming out as long as he rebounds this year. So that LSU team, that national championship team was just loaded. Oh, yeah, and then you think, oh, yeah, and who was their tight end? Randy Mossa. Crazy. But back to the back to the Carolina Panthers, Sean Smith was seen this week working. He had a great catch in this game, but he was seen working this week with Steve Smith. Steve Smith had the comments to say that this is a young man. If he keeps his focus, he'll be a dynamic football player. So it's always great to get that great praise from a Steve Smith, a legend, a future Hall of Famer. So. And but Steve Smith also had another quote that was absolutely crazy. I'm on the broadcast. He was talking about Jake Bentley. Because as we know, Jake Bentley transferred from South Carolina to Utah. And I think now he's going. Now I think he's at Utah, South Alabama. But anyway, he said, You got Utah got a quarterback from South Carolina. It didn't go well at all. I know we need to talk. I know we need to talk about the Panthers, but let me tell you, I went to a Utah practice and watched him, and they thought he'd play better in games. But let me tell you, football is not his sport while Steve Smith keeping it real on the broadcast. That was when, because he was talking about Shy Smith, and then I, I'm assuming he was talking about Shy Smith, and then he branched off like, okay, maybe he didn't have the best quarterback at South Carolina, but my goodness. And it's crazy because Steve Smith went to Utah too, so it's not like he's just talking out of like anywhere. Like, that's his school, so crazy. But uh, <laughs> we're going to keep moving to the NFL. We're on goal, since we're talking about Patrick Queen and the Ravens, I think Patrick Queen was a first-round linebacker as well, if I'm not mistaken. But uh, the, the, they played Jameis Winston in the New Orleans Saints. Let me just go ahead and say, I really want to see Jameis Winston for the Saints win this quarterback battle over Taysom Hill. I have nothing against Taysom Hill. I like him as a gadget player. But Jameis Winston is a great quarterback. He had to get the eyes checked, so he's going to be throwing as many interceptions. I need Peyton. Give him this job. Gary Peyton. No, not Gary Peyton. Sean Peyton. Is, is it Sean Peyton? Yeah, I think it's Sean Payton. Yeah, Sean Payton, please give this man Jameis Winston the job. He definitely deserves it. Um, now for the actual stats for the game, Taysom Hill completed eight of 12 passes for 81 yards with no touchdown drives and interceptions. You got to get rid of interceptions. Winston completed seven of 12 passes for 96 yards while leading two touchdown drives with one scoring pass and one interception. So, yeah, and then as a matter of fact, there were six turnovers altogether by the Saints, so you got to get that corrected, and that's definitely not a good sign heading into the season. Some of those guys will for sure be cut. And, you know, one thing I also find kind of interesting, that Ravens defense, I don't care, like, who you are coming to that organization. Whenever it's time for a game, that defense is going to be rowdy. They're going to be rough, and they're just going to get to the football. And you watch them like anybody who comes into that organization. It's like they leave like a warrior on defense. So shout out to them. Tyler Huntley is the Ravens, one of their backup quarterbacks after the boy from Penn State. I can't think of his name. McSurley. McSurley. Uh, anyway, after him, another quarterback that came out of Utah, Tyler Huntley. He is a carbon copy of Lamar Jackson. I think Lamar might throw the ball a little bit better than him. But even for him to, he drove him down the field at the end of the game and the read option run into the end zone, quarterback rush into the end zone. It's like, yo, that is Lamar Jackson. I think he's from South Florida as well, too. So major shout out to Tyler Huntley for leading on that game winning drive. But, and then the defense got to stop there, which is one of those. And they caught interception, which is one of those uh, many interceptions or turnovers just in general for the New Orleans Saints. So New Orleans Saints, we're going to see what happens with that organization. I need them, Jameis Winston, to get that job. I do not want to see Taysom Hill. But if Taysom Hill wins it, I'm okay with it. But I just need him to fumble the bag early in the season. And so Jameis Winston can get the ball and be the quarterback. And then we'll see. We'll hopefully see Jameis take that thing over. 
James said another, y'all have to go listen to his press conference. He made another remark the other day, and I was just like, James, like, bro, what are you be talking about? But gotta love James, man. Uh, shout out to Crab Legs. We're gonna keep moving uh, to the Steelers. Talk about the Pittsburgh Steelers. Dwayne Haskins is the guy. And I don't know what they're the love affair with this Pittsburgh Steelers organization and Mason Rudolph is. And Mason Rudolph is a South Carolina guy. He graduated from Northwestern High School. His brother was the defensive end. He went to Clemson. But anyway, Rudolph didn't perform as well in the preseason game. Dwayne Haskins, though, 16 for 22, 161 yards, one touchdown versus the Eagles. They got the win with the final score of 24-16. Nobody has ever debated Dwayne Haskins' talent, including his quarterback's coach, his college coach, Urban Meyer, anybody else. It's always like, will he do the other little things, the playbooks, things like that, which is super important for a quarterback, that is. But uh, really want to see Dwayne Haskins take this backup quarterback role for now so that whenever Big Rothenberger's retire, he'll be the face of the – of the Pittsburgh Steelers really want to see that happen for him I know he I know he's talented enough to do so he just gotta stay focused with it and hopefully I don't think Ben gonna be around maybe like two more years Ben's been playing this thing forever like I remember being like in elementary school watching Sunday night football Ben Roethlisberger was a quarterback then but uh I, I but I guess actually you could say now with the rules of how quarterback things how quarterbacks can be hit and stuff like that he could probably play longer now than he ever could so all that. And then Dobbs is the backup behind Haskins. It seems to me that Dobbs is, and Dobbs is a super smart dude and stuff, but it seems to me like he's going to kind of be a career backup. Seems like nobody really wants to make him their starter. And he's been in the league for a minute here, so I don't know how that's going to work, but we'll see what happens. But Dwayne Haskins needs to be the face of the Pittsburgh Steelers vicariously. If you're the face of the Steelers in a couple of years, you'll probably be one of the faces of the NFL just because of the league popularity between him, Dak Prescott, uh, Patrick Mahomes, and whatever happens with D.Y. But that's it for NFL football. Did say that I was going to mention college football a little bit more besides the HBCU showdown that's coming up. The University of South Carolina, my goodness, just always runs into bad luck. Apparently, Luke Dottie, who is supposed to project to be the starting quarterback this year, has a, mud, has a midfoot fracture, a minor ligament damage after getting in, after getting accidentally stepped on late in practice a couple days ago. X, uh, the MRI and CAT scan will be evaluated by outside team consultants and according to team sources. So that sucks for South Carolina because they were really like, okay, get behind Luke Dottie. Okay, we're just going to ride this train out and see what happens with it. But now Jason Brown has been taking first team reps. In case you want to know who Jason Brown is, he's a transfer quarterback from St. Francis, which is an FCA school in Pennsylvania. Now, he was named as uh, FCS sophomore honorable All-American a couple years back before he transferred and before COVID, all that stuff happened. Uh, led the NEC, which is the conference, and set single season records in passing yards, 3,084 passing yards and 28 passing touchdowns. Named NEC Offensive Player of the Week after completing some passes, blah, 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 and his first career to start. But just know, like, at least he has college experience. That's the thing you want to look at here. It's like, okay, if he didn't have any college experience, it's like, uh-oh, well, this could be a big problem. Here's another year where South Carolina gets one of these new guys, and it's like they're trying to figure it out. But at least this guy has some college experience. Nothing like the SEC, but luckily Carolina has, I think, a game or two of like, let's let's look at the schedule right here real quickly because I know they play Auburn and all those guys later on throughout this year, but I think they – I know they play, Jirley, they play Georgia early on, but uh, let's see here. Yeah, so South Carolina opens against Eastern Illinois, then Eastern Carolina, then Georgia. So hopefully, even if Luke Dottie is out, 
he'll be back by that Georgia game, which will be on September 18th at 7 o'clock because that's going to be the game that matters in the East. So something to look forward to there. But Jason Brown also played a little bit in the spring game. So if you saw the spring game, you were there, if you watched it on TV, you got to see a little bit of action there. So that's something. And also another thing to think about, too, that running game in South Carolina should be impeccable with Marshawn, Lloyd, Marshawn Floyd coming back, who, who was injured last season, and Kevin Harris, who was having some of the most rushing yards in the SEC, if I'm not mistaken. But Kevin Harris, God, it seems like the whole entire team was just injured or is injured now because Kevin Harris is waiting to be cleared after a back procedure he had done over the summer just to clear some things up. So we'll see what happens with that. But uh, definitely a hit to Carolina football. Seems like Beamer's had this program kind of moving. And it's like, for, so for the quarterback to kind of go down here, it's like, and for something like he got stepped on in practice, it's like, yikes. But I mean, South Carolina's have to do it every year. Uh, you just adjust to it and see what happens. But last but not least, got to talk a little bit about high school football here. Going to try to do this. I think I said this in the intro. I'm going to try to do this every week. It's a little bit about high school football, maybe a score, a standout player, something in that vicinity. But uh, this coming Friday, very much so looking forward to the AC floor game. AC floor Falcons will play Brooklyn Casey. And Brooklyn Casey is number eight ranked team in the preseason. Mid the Midlands reports. I think that comes from the state, if I'm not mistaken. And AC Floor is the number two ranked, two ranked team in the Midlands. AC Floor loves to run the ball. Brooklyn Casey. Last year, they shocked me when they went and played Camden, who was really on a roll. And they lost the game, but the final score was 52 44. Probably one of the better playoff games I've seen in the state of South Carolina as far as high school football. So I'm definitely looking forward to this game. It's going to be like an early season matchup. I'm hearing the Brooklyn Casey quarterback might be a little bit hurt. So we'll see how that goes. But AC Floor is going to just try to do what they do. Let me tell y'all, because I was looking this up, because I remember AC Floor was dominant last season. Yo, AC Floor killed everybody they played last season. Listen to these scores. 44 6 45-14, 63-0, 57-3, 71-8. 56-14, 41-0, 41-14, And I'm pretty sure this was a state championship game, 42-7. I, I could be wrong, but I'm 99% sure that was a state championship game. That is insane. So I'm assuming they lost. As a matter of fact, I know it. They had a tight end uh, end up being preferred walk on to Clemson. I think they had a receiver go walk on at Carolina. And they lost a quarterback, the limestone. In my opinion, they had one of the best quarterback coaching staffs in the state last year with Perry Orth. I know working with the quarterbacks. You had Ryan Davis, who was working, I don't know if he's working with the, D, the linebacks exclusively, but I know he's working with the defense. And then Bennett Weigel was a really good defensive coordinator. He coached at Northeast as well. So AC Floor versus Brooklyn Casey should be a good one. I will make sure to let y'all know the final score of that. And uh, that is all I have for you on this week at Matt Sports House. Thank you guys for listening. While I'm here, got to make sure I plug this in. If you are on Instagram, social media, make sure you follow the show at Matt's Sports House. So that's two S, one at the end of Matt, and then another one, one beginning Sports House. Make sure you follow the show. We're going to keep it going. Well, probably once it hits Labor Day, we'll have an episode every week for sure until the national championship. But not sure we'll have another episode this coming Sunday. It just depends on what happens. But uh, thanks for listening. That's all I have for you today. Peace. Oh, Lord.
Got a brand new penny and I think I pay over for it I'm starting to think that I pay over for your love I'm fresh as hell, yeah, that's your loss, I ain't no scrub